Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Tom and Bach. Coming at you live from Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts. Tom Stevens. You know, we failed, but uh, I thought it was a great effort. I thought that the plan was laid out uh, perfectly. Jake Bakoven. I'm not sure I get my point across um, properly. I'm sure I don't do a good job of explaining what I mean. Tom and Buck starts now. Here we go. Hour number two of Tom and Bach. I'm Tom Stevens. He's Jake Bakoven. It's Purdue week, baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the point of the season where we thought if we could just get to you know Purdue, we'll be fine. Uh it is Purdue week, but it does feel a little scary. I mean it does feel like Nebraska's what, have they been a seven and a half point favorite at all this year, at any point this year? Not even against Northwestern, right? Or maybe close to that. Yeah, against Big Ten play, I'm not sure. Um but it still feels like eh, something bad's going to happen. It's Halloween or right around Halloween. Yeah. Something bad is going to happen. Well, it's a, it's just, I mean, they're favored by a few against Minnesota. So, I yeah. mean, it, it's just, it's yeah. it's almost, you know, you almost wonder if Purdue would have beat Wisconsin and they'd be top 25, they'd probably still be uh, favored in this game. If that would have been better for the long, long term in case uh. you lost this game. Uh. But, I mean, it, it is what it is. No matter what, you can't finish 3-9. and nine. You have to win some of these games. And Purdue's probably uh, the, the easiest, not an easy game, but the easiest uh, opponent left on the schedule. Scott Frost uh, did speak to the media today briefly, said Nebraska uh, needed that week off uh, with the bye. He said everyone was excited to get back to work this week. He said uh, they had a spring in their step, and that's good. Uh, Frost said Nebraska opened up uh, the competition at kicker one of the things that Robin had told us earlier, uh, and uh, a bunch of guys were kicking off. Uh, they had four guys kicking off. But uh, he says we still have a decision to make on the kicker. Uh, he also added that the time off was probably as beneficial for Connor Culp uh, and for really for him in general just to get away and reset uh, himself men- mentally. Uh, Frost said uh, Nebraska's depth at safety has come a long way over the past couple of years and has full confidence in guys like Miles Farmer, Noah Pola Gates, and Marcus Buford. Of course, we know that Deontay Williams will be out this week and Miles Farmer will step in in his stead. Uh, Frost said uh, again that Buford's maturity has been impressive and one of the reasons that he's having success as a true freshman, mostly plays on special teams. Frost added that uh, Adrian Martinez looked as healthy as he has ever uh, this week ever ever wow wow uh that's to be that sticks out uh and look good in practice uh running like his old self we know that he didn't run much in fact minus 17 yards against minnesota frost said that purdue defensive end george Karloftis was a special player noted that uh, Bay, uh purdue actually has several guys that they think are talented defenders uh, and you can't devote all your attention to Karloftis. He said Nebraska's approach uh, this week, defending wide receiver David Bell, was that 
He was a player that you're he's going to get his catches uh, no matter what you do, even though Wisconsin kind of shut him down yeah. uh, last week. So we'll see what Nebraska learned from Wisconsin doing that to David Bell. He said Bell was uh, too good to take completely, though, out of the game. Uh, Frost confirmed that Ramir Johnson is ready to go for Saturday, uh, but that the running back depth after him was still to be determined. A lot of those notes courtesy of Robin Washington of HuskerOnline.com. So thank you, Robin. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there, and I think particularly, I and I, 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 I think I just called for it. I think most people it just makes sense at this point in time. You you have to open that kicker competition up. I mean, Connor Culp, I understand trying to stick with him and fight through it. He's been an all Big Ten kicker, though I will say, you know, he didn't hit a whole lot of deep ones last year. It's kind of funny because the opposite is this year, where yeah. you, you you're kind of confident in fifty yarders, but you're not confident in him otherwise. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's just been too much of a struggle this year, and you've got to have you know you have kickoff specialists, yeah. you have you know other guys on the team playing for a Power Five program as a kicker. They should be able to hit some, you know, 37-yard field goals with some consistency as well. So it's it's time to open it up. Hopefully, Connor Cope can can get back on track. But uh, I'll be very intrigued to see what they run out there if they have a field goal. Quite frankly, I think at fourth and two, I would just and you're in the red zone or close to the red zone. I just go for it. Might uh, hurt your red zone offense numbers then, yeah. though, Tom. <laughs> and then we'll complain about it. Uh, well, although if it's a 50-plus yarder, just send out Colt because yeah, he's, yeah. Good at, he's good at those. If you make it a 60-yarder, I'm even more confident. <laughs> just don't make it a 26-yarder. Yes. I don't want anything close to the goalpost is what I'm saying. Maybe there's some relief in the fact that, you know, like you're allowed to miss 50-yarders. It's understandable. Yeah. Um, but there's too much pressure on him to hit the, the ones underneath. I think there's something to that. Uh, some some guys I've played golf with are much more comfortable from 150 yards than they are 100 yeah. or 170 yards. They like that full shot, uh, that full swing. The guys that have to gear down sometimes in golf and hit their wedge 100, yeah. 120 yards, they can't do it. Uh, I wonder if there's a little bit of that with kickers. I'm supposed to make this. This is an easy one. Uh, but then I have to you know, not kick it maybe as hard or they try to guide it, aim yeah. it. I think that sometimes happens, and then you miss a few, and then you're really in trouble. Well, and I think that, I mean, it probably has to be the thought. I mean, when you're kicking a 50-yarder, you're thinking more about the leg. You say, yeah. i got to get the leg into yeah. this. And, and underneath, you're kind of just thinking, okay, very much focused on accuracy. Yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I could see that. Um, it, it's just... And and it's frustrating, you know. Nobody wants to be in the situation, um, but it is where it is. Where you know, it's just like any other position on the field. If um, if, you, if you're leaving that many points out on the field on a football game, it has to be evaluated, and it has to be competition at um, practice. Brett Maher had a big leg and was kicking really well in the NFL for a while, and then he had a bad year, and you're just out of the league. Oh yeah, Alex Henry, the most accurate kicker, accurate kicker in college football history, goes to the NFL. He's drafted by Philadelphia, Windy City. And, you know, he misses a few, and you never get the confidence back. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Josh Brown, Drew Brown, the, the Brown brothers never had a problem. And some of them weren't even related. Yeah, they were uh, Chris brothers. Brown. <laughs> uh, the, so uh, they, did, name. They, they, they did very well uh, in the NFL. And you, you just never know. Field goal kicking, it's great if you're Adam Vettateri. And then, you know, it's not if you're uh, another guy that misses. I mean, it, you can go from very good to just out of the league within a couple of weeks. I'm looking, I, just because we're on kickers, I watched a little special on Rodrigo uh, Blankenship. Remember him from Georgia, uh, now with the Colts? Yeah. Uh, That's my new favorite kicker. Rodrigo he's got, Blankenship. He's, he's, he's goggles. Yeah, he's got the goggles, um, kind of like uh, like our own Wilhelm Bradenbach. Um, um, there's, you know, there's certain guys uh, that, you know, goggles are just likable for some reason. 
I, I'm drawing a blank for some reason. The Colts kicker that criticized Manning and then was out of the league uh, like within two weeks of saying <laughs> I that is, if, I don't know. Anyway, it, it'll come back. To yeah. Me. You shouldn't criticize uh, Peyton Manning. If you're no, on it, you know, he, you know, he was, he was talking about, well, I, if they just would have gotten me in field goal range, I would have oh, made it. Yeah. And then it, Manning said something like stupid kicker. Um, I think Brett Maher, by the way, still has like records for the most, like the longest field goals are like having three of the longest field goals in a season or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he had a leg to him. He just, at, at certain points, he was inaccurate underneath yeah, as I well. Yeah. Vanderjack. Oh, yeah. Vanderjack yeah. was the guy that said that. Thanks, Shane. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then he was like gone. <laughs> he criticized Peyton Manning, the Hall of Famer. <laughs> you probably don't want to do that, even when you're a pretty good kicker. And Vanderjack was at that time, but then uh, lost his gig. I think he showed up somewhere else and la- his career actually lasted a couple more years. Uh, but kickers are interesting subjects to me because they're just always a little bit weird. I mean, did you like the Grammaticus? Uh yeah, I like the I like the Grammaticus. Yeah, they're kind of fun. Both Penn State guys, right? Weren't they Kansas both Kansas State or Kansas they? State? Yeah, Kansas State. I was thinking of the Matt Bla- no, I, no, no. Penn State had some good kickers. Yeah, but, but you know, yeah. Were there two Grammaticus though? I think so. Yeah, there were two Grammaticus. Was there just State. one that seemed like there was two? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I don't know. It felt, yeah, there were two. Yeah, there, there were, were definitely two. two. Uh, let's get to box tops. It's time. All right, I've decided to go with uh, the top 10 players for Purdue. I could have went with the uh, top 10 Colorado Buffalo basketball uh, players. That would be kind of fun. That would have been over fun. over that list uh, eventually. But uh, but for now, let's stick with uh, the weekly routine of getting you ready for the game. Uh, we'll start at number 10 uh, where there's a, a legacy kid. Number 33, wide receiver Jackson Anthrop. He has 22 catches for 193 yards. He's uh, He's been part of the team for a while now, and he's uh, – uh, you know, he's, he's, I think there's third leading receiver or something like that, maybe fourth. Uh, but anyway, he's up there. Do you, do you recognize the Anthrop name or have you followed yeah, Purdue long Wasn't enough? there a fullback with that name as well or another wide receiver? It was, a, it was another wide receiver. His brother okay. Danny was there. Nebraska played him a few times uh, from 2012 to 2015. His brother Drew played basketball for Purdue from 2010 to 2013. And his father played basketball from 1977 to 1980. So the Anthrop family, well known around the Boilermaker community. Uh, And speaking of legacy kids, they're only four-star of the previous class. Uh, Number 14, a guy by the name of Yanni Karloftis. Well, there you go. I mean, I recognize that name. <laughs> yeah, there's another Karloftis coming along. Yeah. I think he only has like four tackles this year, but he's playing a little bit. He's uh, he's a linebacker instead of a defensive end like his brother George, uh, and 50 pounds less than George. But that's a, that's a lot to live up to. Uh, Yanni must be a, a Greek name. They're they're from Greece. They are. They actually, yeah, yeah George, and I, well, I, I'm sure they all did, but I read that George yeah. moved there, I think, in the eighth grade or maybe yeah. it was eight, something like that. But they lived in Athens for a while. Yeah. Uh, and. You know, if he could go to the NFL draft now, I think he has to wait one more year, right? Does he have to play one more year after this, or is he eligible after this year? I think he's eligible after this year. He's one of the top on the board. He's going to be a top 15 pick in the NFL draft. I wasn't sure if it had been two or three years for him. Yeah. I I can't remember. Did he sit out last year? Yeah, he might have. Or He might have. Anyways, number nine on my list, number zero for Purdue, 6'3", 210-pound junior Milton Wright. He has 25 receptions for 275 yards and two touchdowns. Had a few big games this year. 91 yards against Minnesota, 88 yards against Illinois. Yeah, he's uh, he's okay. I mean, he's okay. Yeah, he's I probably mean, their second best wide receiver. They do have some big wide receivers, 6'3", 210. Yeah. Uh, similar size to David Bell. 
Uh, number eight on my list, the running game does not get much attention, and well, it shouldn't. And uh, But they do have a, a running back uh, named King Daru, so that's a pretty good name. Uh, number 22, 5'10", uh, 205-pound junior out of Amarillo, Texas. He has 75 attempts, 289 yards, and a touchdown this year, 3.9 average. None of those numbers sound too great. It's because they're not. The running game's not very good, but he is no. the running back. Uh, Xander Horbath was, and then now he's he's probably out for this week. He's been yeah. injured for a while. But they're the second worst running team in the entire country. They don't even really try to run it. Yeah. Occasionally they'll just do it just to, to give the quarterback's arm a break for that play. <laughs> It'll really throw you off if they do, but they don't uh, get any yards yeah. anyway. They don't get any. They're not good at it at all. Uh, number seven on my list now backup quarterback, and I still think he might play. Uh, we were told by Tom Deanhart. Um, that Aiden O'Connell's taking over that job. I never trust that anybody will take over that job. It seems to go back and forth. So I think we might see Jack Plummer. Uh, 6'5", 215 quarterback, 86 of 126 uh, for 862 yards, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. Very much different from Aiden O'Connell, who's already thrown eight interceptions. Uh, He threw for 242 and ran for a career-high 61 in a 2019 victory over Nebraska. Also threw for 334 yards and three touchdowns in a loss to Nebraska last year. So he's had success against Nebraska. It'll be interesting to see if they want to dial into that or if they want to stick with Aiden O'Connell who's been starting the last three or four well, games. And he's the more mobile guy, as you mentioned. He can run yeah. a little bit uh, and he hasn't turned it over. I'm not sure why they haven't given him the gig after four picks from last week, but maybe they're just trying to stay patient. But it's been musical chairs with those two throughout their careers. Yeah, and uh, and again, and, and Dean Hart said maybe they're getting frustrated with Plummer checking down too much yeah. and maybe he's just not um, aggressive enough. Maybe that's why he doesn't throw picks. But. Yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, I, I expect you might be might seeing him out there. Uh, number six on my list, number 10 for the Purdue Boilermaker defense, junior safety Cam Allen. He has 35 tackles, leads the team with three interceptions, also a fumble recovery, six career interceptions for him. So if they have a ball hawk on their defense, it's number 10, Cam Allen. Uh, so hopefully Nebraska either stays away from him or just keeps, him out, uh, keeps the ball out of his hands. That's a good defense. Yeah. They're a good defense. I think 21st in scoring defense. They're, they're, a, they're a solid Big Ten defense. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard with uh, Iowa and Wisconsin overshadowing anybody with just incredible numbers, but the Big Ten is loaded with defense again this year, and, and defensive coordinator Brad Lambert is the guy that you have to give the credit to because, remember, they were pretty bad last year on a guy by the yeah. name of Bob Diaco. Uh, that's a big turnaround. <laughs> yeah, they is. were atrocious last year with Diaco. Who could have imagined? Diaco has been so solid uh, <laughs> that so many of his stops recently. Don't you remember 2012 Notre Dame? <laughs> That's all we ever bring up. It's when a Broyles talk- Award winner, for God's sake. <laughs> what do you want from the man? Uh, number five on my list. How about another defender for the Boilermaker defense? Number 36 out there on the field. 6'1", 240-pound linebacker, senior Jalen Alexander. He leads the team with 52 tackles, also has a sack and a forced fumble. He was their returning tackles leader, finishing second on the team last year with 49. So uh, he'll probably rack up the tackles this week. Yeah. Uh, and you wonder if, if they'll have a linebacker, maybe spy uh, Adrian this week. I would have, if I'm any team ever. Yeah, I would always spy him. Uh, and you wonder who gets that gig. Maybe a guy like that. Yeah. Uh, number four on my list, uh, 6'3", 210-pound senior, number 16, quarterback Aiden O'Connell. This year he's of 120 of 172, 1,318 yards, 70% completion, seven touchdowns, but eight interceptions. Uh, threw for 375 yards and two touchdowns in the victory over Iowa a couple weeks ago, but followed that up with a three-interception performance against Wisconsin. It's the musical chairs at quarterback for Purdue, but um, it seems like they believe they found their guy in Aiden O'Connell. 
Yeah, I think so. Although I saw that game with Wisconsin and Brom was yelling at him a few times. Yeah. I mean, Brom sometimes can be a little Bo Pelini-ish on oh, the yeah. sidelines. He's a tough, tough dude. Uh, and he wasn't pleased with Aiden O'Connell. I was a little surprised that they, they went ahead and just called him the starter this week. Speaking of quarterbacks, you know, Jeff Brom, well known as a quarterback. Brian Brom, his brother's the co-offensive coordinator there, too. So, uh, Oh, nice. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. A lot that. of quarterback coaching yeah. there, you know, so they should be better. <laughs> but they pass the ball. That's why they like They're to pass four the ball three. so much. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so anyway, so this is my top ten list of the Purdue Boilermakers getting you ready for this weekend's game. Uh, number three on my list, a guy that gets overshadowed. I, I'm sure you know number one and number two on my list are going to be George Galoptis yeah. and David Bell. But Titan Payne Durham is a guy that d- doesn't get enough uh, talk probably. Number 87 out there, 6'5", 255-pound junior. He had 32 catches this year for 326 yards and four touchdowns. That's good for 11th in the Big Ten uh, as far as receiving yards. Yeah. It's first among tight ends. He yeah. might be all Big Ten. Uh, he's coming off of nine receptions for 112 yards and a touchdown against the Badgers. Also had 120 yards and two touchdowns and a season-opening victory over Oregon State. Also scored yeah. a touchdown on Nebraska in last year's matchup. Well, if you, you pointed it out in this list. They've got weapons. Uh, and if you give uh, Aiden O'Connell or anyone, you know, Jake Plum, Jack Plummer, they're going to they're gonna beat you if you can't get pressure, and I think that's one of the big keys because they, they've got enough weapons to take advantage of them. Oh, yeah. And their biggest weapon on offense is the probably the best receiver in the Big Ten, at least leading the Big Ten in receiving yards. I'm sure some of those Ohio State receivers would argue with me on best receiver. But uh, number three out there, 6'2", 205-pound wide receiver from Indianapolis, David Bell has 44 receptions for 712 yards and, and a few touchdowns as well. He's the Big Ten leader in receiving yards by over 200. Um, so he's, he's pacing the Big yeah. Ten pretty well. Four games over 100 yards receiving this year, including 11 receptions for 240 yards and a touchdown against Iowa. He was limited to a season-low 300 yard or 33 yards. 300 yards pretty good. Three, 33 yards against Wisconsin last yeah. week. Uh, he was a 1,000-yard receiver his freshman year, has accumulated nearly 2,400 yards and 19 touchdowns in two-and-a-half seasons so far. Uh, Ten catches for a season-high 132 yards and t- a touchdown last season against Nebraska. Yeah, you got to be physical with him, and that's what Wisconsin did. Yeah, I thought he would really suffer from not having Rondell Moore there anymore. He's still been really good, uh, and he's doing it a lot by himself compared to when he had Rondell Moore. I mean, yeah, he had those two together. It was it was much more difficult. Yeah, that was a great rece- uh, receiving duo, yeah. and, and it'll be interesting who has a better pro career. David Bell's going to get drafted early. Rondell yeah. Moore already off to a good start with the with the Cardinals. So uh, certainly some talent that they've brought there, but. Still looking for those wins. This weekend's matchup's kind of interesting. It's two coaches that are pretty much on the hot seat, whether whether their fan bases want to admit it or not. And both of them have huge buyouts, so they might buy themselves another year. That's right, or many more years. Yeah, a few more years. Yeah, many more. Brom, I think they're both good coaches, but Brom's, I thought, a really good coach. At one time, there was, you know, mentioned him mentioned as. A guy that can we keep him? Yeah, for the Louisville job. Uh, yeah, he was going to lose him to. You were going to lose him to Louisville, and now you're wondering why didn't we lose him to Louisville? <laughs> uh, but I, I still think he's a good coach. They got to learn to run the football, though. Yeah, point. they got to they got to install that yeah. at some point in their offense. <laughs> uh, also, number one on my list, number five, six four, two hundred seventy five pound junior defensive end, playing defensive end this year in the four three twenty tackles. Two and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, and two pass deflections for uh, George Karloftis, who will likely be a first-round pick this year. He's a two-time second-team All-Big Ten selection, 12 career sacks, including seven and a half as a freshman. Uh, Hasn't racked up the sacks this year, but a lot of pressure um, for George Karloftis. He'll be the biggest... uh, 
the best player on the field yeah. this Saturday. Um, Purdue, by the way, also playing uh, without a few guys. There's one of their starting defensive ends, uh, backup tight end, and, and a guy I didn't mention. T.J. Sheffield is a pretty good returner. So if Nebraska's yeah. special teams uh, miscues come back up, he could be somebody to watch out for as well. The weird thing about Karloftis for me is he's not the most athletic guy you've ever seen. He's an effort guy, and he's a good athlete. Yeah, uh, but it's. He he has second effort, second and third effort to get to the quarterback, and he had that fumble return uh, last week against Wisconsin. It was like a fifty yarder uh, for a touchdown. He, he can affect a game at a high level. Uh, you got to find uh, kind of similar to Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of like that uh, from Michigan. Uh, so you got to know where he is at all times when you're when you're blocking. And of course the tackles uh, have been uh you know have had some injuries this year yeah. for Nebraska's tackles and and some benching. So it'll be interesting to see if they, if they move him around and who he has uh, more success against, but uh you know hopefully Turner Corcoran is ready for the battle this week if it, it does line up on his side. Just looking at Purdue overall, uh they allow uh, 4.87 yards per play. Uh, that's 21st in the country in defense and only like 16 points a game. That's a top 10 scoring defense from Purdue. Uh, Jeff Brom overall, uh, 23 and 28 at Purdue. That's uh, awful. They should fire that that's, guy. They should fire the guy now. <laughs> what are they thinking? Oh uh, 53 and 38 overall as a coach. Uh, two and two against Nebraska. Uh, and since they beat Nebraska, or since they went to the bowl game uh, in 2018, I should say, uh, and that was kind of a high point for them. He went, uh, they have gone, I should say, Purdue 6-12 and 12, uh, since then. So you're right. Uh, there's a little bit of a hot seat for Jeff Brom. Uh, but if you get to a bowl game, maybe that uh, buys you. And, of course, the buyout itself uh, buys him a lot of time. Yeah. Or buys him at least a little time. But Purdue doesn't have too many, too much expectations. Like yeah. you said, if you get to six, seven wins, yeah. it'll be pretty good there. Well, and they do have a win over number two Iowa this yeah. year. So that would buy I – mean, Heck, if Frost does that, we're all celebrating big time this year. <laughs> <laughs> Give him 10 more years. Just, as we know, the show's mantra, just get to five. If, <laughs> if I was part of it, that will help. Yeah. If you want to start a company called Just Get to Five, we'll promote it on this show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I don't know why it would make sense for a company, but it feels like that's become the theme of this show. Let's get to break and uh, come back with more. In fact, we'll talk a little Husker volleyball. It wasn't great last night. Uh, but we knew it could be bad. Wisconsin's number three in the country, and they played like a team that's as good or better than that. But we will talk some Husker volleyball. Former Husker great Tanya Taki coming up next. You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.